0: Well, welcome to the journey. Uh, my name is Kevin Polkey, and I'm the host of the journey. And uh, the journey is uh, a show that's we're coming up on our uh, 200th episode, and um, and we are uh, focused primarily on stories of transformation. Individuals that maybe have had some type of obstacle or setback in their life. And um, not only what was the setback and the obstacle, but more importantly, what they learn about themselves as they um, journeyed through um, these, this, this setback? And, and what did they learn about themselves that they wouldn't have learned if that setback would have never occurred? And uh, today we have a, a very special guest who I feel like we've become friends over the past year. Um, we, we met just regarding your, your book that you had written, uh, Heaven's Bell. And then um, it, it really has served a huge purpose for me uh, as a as a guide um, throughout this past year. But um, Sherry Bartsch, uh, the author of Heaven's Bell, and then also a, a new subsequent book that goes with that. Um, I'll let you get into that in a little bit, but um, welcome back to the journey, Sherry.
1: Thank you, Kevin. I'm honored to be here.
0: So uh, just for um some of our some of our listeners that may not have seen your first episode um maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and then what was the uh, the inspiration and and um behind Heavens' Bell.
1: Sure. Sure. So my my day job is I am the CEO of three organizations, two executive search firms and a leadership consulting company and uh but I am a first-time author <clears throat> and um When COVID hit, I decided that it was important to finally write down the story that I've had with me since I was a little girl. Uh, And it it is about difficult conversations. And I think one of the most difficult conversations that we have to have the courage to engage in is around death and dying. Mm And so um, I just decided to write down Heaven's Bell because so many people were losing their loved ones to COVID and not being able to be there, have closures, say goodbye, tell them they love them, let alone have any kind of opportunity with their family mm-hmm. to hug or be in living rooms or churches um, or any kind of structure around the grieving process. So I released Heaven's Bell in November of 2020 and I. Um, it has been a wonderful journey. I think it's something that's needed, and I think my my career of being curious and asking questions to executives and wanting to dig into their stories, I think served me well in in um, writing the book Heaven's Bell.
0: Yeah. No. I and and what I what I appreciate it um, the most about it when I when I first read it is that it was originally, uh, designed and written for, um, for adolescents, more like middle schoolers. Right. Okay. And, but when I, when I read it, it very much spoke to me and I saw how adults could benefit it, benefit from it as well, because the, the concept, you know, and then later the, the metaphor that you introduce. um, I think resonates with a lot of people, at least the people that I've introduced it to in um, this idea of, because all major religions um, talk about, have some uh, ideas and, and talk about the afterlife. And, and, but in the, in the midst of those translations, there's always these other things tied into um what's what's you know what's the entrance you know what's the entrance fee? what's the you know what does it look like how how does that and and I think one of the beautiful things about heaven's bell is that you you um you, you know the story that you impart is something that you don't have to do anything um for this it's it's grace it's given to you and yes. and it it very much is my my internal belief system about how God would be and and then of course being a Christ follower it fits into that mindset as well not not saying that every church I've gone to has necessarily uh spoken the same way about that but right. the overall message so maybe just so that again for individuals who have not read um you know Heaven's Bell maybe if you could just give you know maybe like a if it's possible like a like a five minute oh, overview sure. or summary of of Heaven's Bell, and then, um, yeah, let's kind of go from there.
1: Sure, sure. And it is—it it was purposely a spiritually impartial book because it really, even though I did put heaven in the title, the the way the book describes heaven would be from the perspective of, you know, an eleven-year-old or a twelve-year-old. You know, so it's referred to as outer space. Sure. Um, but basically, the <laughs> the book is a—it's a chapter book and it's a story about two middle school best friends, Cody and Ashley. And pretty early in the book, Cody dies and goes to outer space. And so the reader gets to follow his journey as he arrives in heaven and what he discovers, he discovers great halls with monitors in them. He he discovers um, moments theaters. He discovers relatives he had never met before. And in the meantime, in kind of a parallel universe, Ashley is on he- in on Earth, and she is experiencing a lot of different emotions around Cody dying. And she's angry and she's awkward and she doesn't know what to say. And she's just really um doesn't even know when to make a new friend, you know. And what does that mean if Cody's gone? You know, should she make that new best friend? And and so it's all these experiences that I think regardless of what age we are, we're going to learn from or be able to create conversations around. So the story continues through Cody being in heaven, Ashley being on earth, and she lives a long life on earth. She ends up being able to dream about Cody. Cody's able to tell her everything's going to be okay. Here's what's going on in heaven. She becomes a teacher. She teaches the story of heavens spell to her students and, um, ends up having a family of her own. And then in the end they reunite. And I think it's a really great ending to um, this beautiful friendship. So it's, yes, it's a story about death and dying, but I think it's more of a story about friendship and love.
0: Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, and, you know, one of the things that, and I mentioned this, you know, when we talked last time about it on, on, that it came at a time period when I was probably about four to six weeks after my father died and, and, and he, he had had um, for prior to uh, about a year um, he had been diagnosed with cancer. And so there was this slow, maybe not so slow um, deterioration, physically um, medically, of course. And and then and then it, then, death happened right and then it's it's all that aspect of um and and again not necessarily a surprise because we knew that his cancer was terminal we we knew that it it it, not necessarily initially but as it progressed we knew that it was going to be terminal so that part wasn't a surprise but the 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 finality or the chapter ending of the dying part yeah. It had ended and then it was um now the after part right and right and it was interesting as and I don't think I've talked about this on any of the episodes but but I think it's appropriate here my dad had been in a wheelchair um he had been wheelchair bound for probably about seven or eight years prior to his death and um and every time I had a dream this past year um, of my dad he was always walking yes and um which was pretty cool Mm -hmm. and um and i remember sometime i was driving up to one of my wisconsin offices and and again from the idea of heaven's bell because it it allowed me this idea that every time that i think of him kind of going off going going with the story that every time i thought of him that he would know because his bell would ring.
1: yes
0: and um and so, somewhere along this one one morning driving up to Milwaukee, it it entered my mind: what if death doesn't really exist? There's just, like you said, a, a, a shift in parallel universe, right? Yes. This continuum. Uh, exactly. So I know for me that that was a huge, huge piece. And then when I'm when I'm counseling someone or working with counselors who are working with their clients. Um, And again, I think you're right about saying the dying part versus the death part there, that there's a, there's a difference there. And, um, and again, not to minimize or to take away any aspect of the, of, of a loss or a change in the relationship, but, but it helped me at least allow it to be, a change physically, a change in the relationship, not necessarily emotionally or spiritually a disconnect.
1: Correct. And I think, and I think it's another place to think about the loss. We're not covering it up. We're not trying to create this distraction. It's a story that creates another dimension to be able to say, is there something that can be introduced here that might help me along the way with my grief journey. Yeah. So maybe there is this opportunity to think about him walking yeah. along with your grief mm-hmm. and what that might be like yeah. if he was able to again, walk. I had, it, and I think, I think what the story does and, and the goal of the story is to be a tool to have those thoughts. And then those conversations, mm-hmm. And if the conversations might be in writing form, they might be just to yourself. They might be as part of a, a, a larger family or a, a more vantage points, mm-hmm. you know, so we can start to keep that continuum moving forward. So our, our own thoughts progress through our grieving journey versus that kind of freezing. Um, that was the goal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an unassuming Unthreat- not threatening kind of story that just maybe makes you think a little bit differently. And there was a there was a woman who read the book and she said, "I took care of my husband for the last seven years, who was deteriorating from a health perspective and had Alzheimer's, and it was really really difficult. Mm-hmm. And what the book allowed me to do is moving forward without him is very very difficult, but I can choose." to remember him, not from the last time I interacted with him, but in our entire marriage and the long life that we had together and be able to go back to some of those other memories and pull those into the reality of moving forward without him. And she said that was not something I don't think I would have been able to do without Heaven's Bell.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I I agree with you. I think, I, I think what the story did for me... Was it? It gave it. It allowed it to propel it to not not to just the last ten months or the last twelve months. It, it it allowed it to be again at this other dimension. So then it could be space. It could be this grand hall or or whatever it may be, and and it didn't have to be the ugly part of cancer. Yes, I I was working with a guy the other day, um, a friend of mine, I was just talking to him. He unfortunately, uh, the reason why we were having a conversation is he had just two days earlier. So he had found out that his son had died suddenly. And 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 they don't at the time he didn't know there was still there was a lot of unanswered questions um, about how he died and what were the circumstances around his death. But regardless, we we know because of his age, there was it was a traumatic death. And, um, and as we were talking, um, and again, there is no, I mean, I've been counseling for 32 years and there's no right way. There's nothing to say, right? I mean, there's, there's nothing, I I still haven't figured out what, what's the right thing to say in those situations, um, except just listen. Right. And, and I did mention about heaven's bell, about the idea that, um, how someone dies isn't who they are.
1: Yes.
0: And, oh, I love that. I love that. So it's, um, so again, it, it just allowed me, like you said, it was a tool for me to be able to utilize it as something to give, um, uh, to someone else about an idea and, and not to say that, um, it doesn't wrap everything up nice and neat, um, which I don't think there's anything about walking your grief journey that is nice and neat about it. You know, um, you know, Brene Brown talks about that, you know, having the courage to be vulnerable, it, you know, is hard, messy work.
1: Yes. And I think being I think being curious, I think if we can try to not block our ability, I always say you can't be curious and defensive at the same time. Right. And so I think conflict can make us defensive and, and want us want to avoid it. So the, the goal of the story is just to start not to cover or neatly tidy up. All right. And there you go. Do that. And you're fixed. That's not it. It's, it's actually a entry point yeah. to just maybe explore your feelings. And, and if you read it and I read it, like when my, when my father figure died in February, Everybody that, you know, loved me and knew him knew of the story of Heaven's Bell. So it gave everyone a common language to come back to me and talk about, you know, what do you think Ray's doing in heaven? And, you know, he's, you know, probably, you know, riding his bike and he's, you know, not in any pain and 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 I'm ringing his bell. And so it's it's a tool yeah. It's a tool that we can come together and not be afraid. Mm-hmm. And I think we, I think it's the, it's the power of storytelling.
0: Yeah.
1: And then to share the memories, what was happening is people were reading the book and people, when they would come to me and talk about the book, they weren't necessarily talking about the story. They were talking about the people that the story made them think of. And those stories, their own Heaven's Bell stories. Yeah. And that's where the journal came from, because I had already started thinking, how can we be curious? So, you know, I would ask, what do you, what's, what do you think the first thing they're going to say, your loved one's going to say to you when you see them in heaven? Yeah. You know, and somebody goes, oh, my aunt would say you're wearing that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know and, I, and so you just have all these different interpretations of, of that curiosity. It's like when we were little, you know, or my kids would like to hear stories about when they were babies or, you know, kids and, you know, my husband might tell the story and I might tell the story and my mom might tell the story. And so they get these different vantage points of who they were as a child. Well, we can do that with people that are no longer with us on earth, but, but to celebrate and have those vantage point conversations, I think makes us all feel good. So long as we can get past the scary part of Oh my God! I'm going to lose control, or I'm going to cry, or I'm going to be sad. It's okay. We all grieve different, like you said. Yeah.
0: Well, and I and I really I, I think it's so powerful w- with with groups of people, right? Regardless if it's an organization like one of your companies, or if it's a, a family or or whatever it may be, community. to be able to have a common common story right a common language to use then allows it gives it a frame and then it allows people to then just be able to insert their own individual aspects of that story and um and so it makes it easier I think because so many times um I think I mentioned this before but I run a, a I've been facilitating a homicide support group um for coming up on 15 years now and so, so every everyone who is part of that group um, has lost someone in their circle to homicide. Um, and, and very similar to suicide, um, these types of traumatic um, the traumatic deaths have have this. It, it complicates the grief process because there's there's distractions. Um, for homicide, it, it's either a cold case or someone's been identified. Um, and then you have the court process if it, it, you know, or there's the police involvement or the state's attorneys involvement and it, and it's, that complicates it because it's ends up being a distraction. Right. Um, and, and similar to suicide, there's so many unanswered questions, um, you know, and, or, or it could be an accidental overdose or, or an overdose or, you know, how, however that may be, those are all, it, it they complicate the grieving process because, mm-hmm. Usually it's premature, you know, we don't, it's not someone who, not someone dying at 85 is somehow easier, but there's a box we can put it into.
1: Right, that, right.
0: That says, Our okay, yeah, there's a natural box that we can put that in so that we go, well, they li- they lived a, a good life or however we want to frame that. But,
1: the fair versus the unfair.
0: Right, right, exactly. And I think... That's one of the things I've appre- I appreciated about uh, about the story is that it it doesn't there's no judgment there's no judgment about how a person lives and even even in in the story when it when it referred to is that that Cody because of the cancer was uh, didn't have the energy. And, and so I think that part is a, is a good model that, that, that could happen uh, when someone's going through, um, you know, uh, the dying process, the, the, you know, cancer or illness or something that they may not, um, they may not necessarily be able to be present uh, right. physically or emotionally present, they're physically present, but not maybe emotionally or mentally.
1: Yes. And, and there were a lot of people that gave me feedback that why did you have to why did you have to make a child die like why couldn't you've written a story right that was a little more fair right so the old guy next door that's 97 and just you know falls asleep because we the whole the whole point was to be able to bring that conflict that that this is this is how am i feeling when cody is dying and this is a this is a young person and this isn't fair you know without necessarily creating a huge story around, you know, the death more so around what happens after. Yep. And so um, I still stand by, I think it it is, it, it, it does grab people and it does, you have to have courage, I think, to kind of move through that, that piece of the book. But I can tell you that everybody that has given me feedback and right now there's, I think over 75 star reviews on Amazon it's and when you read the reviews on Amazon, again, it's not about the story. It's about what people are feeling..
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just think it's a it's a tool. And what I appreciate Kevin, is your your years of experience and your training is is what the story needs. Right. It's a story. But without but being in the hands of professionals, I was at a a, it was Children's Grief Awareness Day last Thursday. And I did a presentation at a hospice and they had a panel of children, six children, ages third grade to senior in high school. And they asked a lot of the questions from the Ring to Remember Journal, just Mm. prompting them. You know, what do you want people to remember? But then they also got into what are some unuseful things that people have said to you Mm. and what are some of the best things that people said to you and how can you help this, you know, room of adults get better at this? And it was, it was so interesting and just reaffirmed and reinforced that these are, these are tools and in the right hands, even, even if you're not a Kevin pokey and you don't have the 35 years of experience as a family, to have that tool to be able to just start somewhere Mm -hmm. in, in, in remembering your loved one. I think it's, it's a great tool.
0: And and probably the, and then I'll mention this, and then I want you to maybe tell us a little bit more about the workbook. Um, Is that what I appreciated about it is that, um, there, there's a lot of times I'll I will recommend or refer to someone to a, a book that's written by like a scholar about you know about their study regarding death and dying or the the grieving process after after the death happens and those are and they and there's stories within that right but the the tendency for most people depending on where they're at in their journey journey. Um, may very well be to reject that i don't I don't want to read that one sometimes it's written and it's not necessarily written in story form and and so it's more written like in a like a, a like a self-help book and so mm-hmm. so that that in itself can be a turnoff for some and the other is is that it's it's more about you know the the theory behind it or you know the research that's been done behind it and what i liked most about this is this isn't an easy, an easy read because it's written for someone, at least in middle school, that could read it or late grade school. Yeah. But it, it, but again, it's this, it's this, it's a story. So you get invited into it, yes. so it, it doesn't have to be intimidating um, from from an aspect of of I'm going to fall apart, you know. Yes. And and so I think that um, you know I think that's another good. Uh, not, not that it was necessarily written that way intentionally, but it, it definitely it definitely has been one of the, one of the benefits of the book and how we utilize it here at KP Counseling.
1: That's excellent. Yeah, it is. It's the power of storytelling. So you're right. You're not. You're you're offering up a perspective that you get to do with it as you wish, because everybody grieves differently. Everybody has different death and dying experiences. I've had people say that by reading the book and kind of thinking back to that age, it it, it it had them actually re exploring deaths that maybe they didn't fully explore when they were 11 or 12 or 16 or 17, or even a Vietnam vet said, you know, it made me, it made me be okay thinking about some of the comrades that I lost that I'll see again. in when I'm in heaven and, you know, highly religious man, he said the way you described heaven, just very concretely, you know, he goes, it just, it was just like, I was there Mm -hmm. or just in. So to your point, you're just inside this story. It's, it's just a story, but everybody has heaven spell stories. This is just one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So tell us, tell us the inspiration about the workbook and tell us a little bit about the workbook. And then how do you hope the work workbook, enhances uh the original story
1: okay so it's called it's called ring to remember a heaven's bell grief journal and memory book it is um a hundred prompts and they're not heavy prompts they're just just ways to keep the conversation moving forward, the way to, and and, and even if you don't read the Heavens Bell book, this is still a great resource. So it's not like, you know, you have to read one to be able to use the other. I'm not going to do that. There's no page numbers. So you can open it up to any part of the book and, and decide that I don't want to answer that question. That's too hard, or I don't like that question, or, you know, I don't know. And so you, it can be used as a it can be used as a workbook for a family. It can be your own personal space and place to be able to capture. And then on the other side, every, um, every page, if you open up the book, also has a blank space where you can draw, doodle, sketch, tape, mementos in it, whatever you'd like to do, but it's just, it's, and it's a little bit bigger. It's, you know, the, it's a little bit bigger than the, the heavens Bell book, just because, you know, if you've got young folks that want to get out crayons and stickers and pencils, you can do that, but it's also just as fine for just writing and, you know, and then passing it around and there's enough space in it that you can, um, have multiple people that can write in it. Wow, uh, yeah, so just tried to create a lot of space, um, and just like you know, I'm trying to come up with something like, um, did your loved one have a special nickname for you? What was the story behind it? Um, what was your loved one's favorite hobby? Did you ever participate with them? What do you think they enjoyed about this hobby? Yeah. So just, it takes you to different places that maybe there might be some memories in there that will help you along the way. Um, and Some of them are, you know, facing life without someone we love is one of the hardest parts of death. What scares you most about your loved one being gone? What helps you get through those fears? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's some, there's just, you know, what do you think, what music do you think they're listening to in heaven right now? Are there any rock bands up there that they might, you know, be trying to get an autograph from? So it's just all over the board, but it's, it's, I think it is helping people move through that journey, not through it along, along it. I don't think we ever get through it, but we at least experience different parts of it.
0: Well, and I I think you're hundred percent right because, because it's, there's a, there's a, ongoing aspect of it you know and and I you know I remember you know I had my my first experience that I had of a family member loss of family member was um when I would have been I would have been nine and then um nine and 11 I had a grand grandfather died when I was nine and then my grandmother died when I was 11 and um and I remember clearly remember the night that they died uh, and and I remember the the funeral, of course, um afterwards um and I don't but I don't remember a lot of conversations with the family afterwards, right right and um and then I remember uh, you know, fast forward and obviously a lot of life had passed between that, but um when my father-in-law died. Um, had died suddenly um, almost seven years ago now and then how how that experience was so much different now granted part of it was is that I'm an adult now I you know and I have we have a you know there's a handful of counselors uh, including my sister-in-law who's a grief counselor Um, and uh, so there was a but it was very much more talking about Don and, and sharing and, and similar with, with my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been much more conversations around. Now, maybe there were conversations when I was younger. I just wasn't part of them, you know, Um, but so they could have happened. But again, I think this idea of walking the prompts from the workbook allow either on an individual basis or on a collective basis, discussion. Yes. Not, and I think that is 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 key to not just put it in a put it in a shelf and have it just be an event.
1: Yes. And I think the workbook might even help us be better support to people that are going through uh, uh, this experience and grieving because it it's something to say other than I'm sorry. Yep. Right. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for, you know, just to be able to be curious and or listen and be quiet, you know, a couple, a couple questions or just um, creating space and that it's okay that you can come in and not have all the answers. It's okay to be able to say, I'm, I'm sad too. Mm -hmm. And just be, you know, versus what can I do for you? Or, you know, I'm sorry, just, just be, you know, and think I, you know, I imagine, I imagine him fishing right now. Mm-hmm. I think he is probably using his favorite lure, and you know, I mean, just something that just helps them honor and celebrate this loved one. Yeah,
0: I think the other piece that I appreciate, and and again, it goes and it aligns with, um, it aligns with other. Uh, spiritual and religious beliefs that i have as well is that death earthly death doesn't make it final and and i think the that the the story and the and the workbook allows that um to to be to be real it's so instead of it just instead of it just being okay they're not here physically on earth anymore and we are and and there's like this separateness that that the story allows there to continue to be a relationship there even though it's on a different dimension
1: yes and i mean i i think about my my father figure and i don't want to stop talking about him and i don't want to stop the different vantage points remember when it 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 brings me joy it makes me sad sometimes and i can get emotional but i also know that why would i why would i want to bury that or not talk about it you know and so sometimes if i have the courage to go first and just say i'm feeling kind of sad or you know thanksgiving reminds me that this was his favorite dish or whatever that happens to be um okay but it's it's go first
0: yeah yeah
1: and i think this helps me go first even though you know it's my work i think part of why i'm sharing it and why i'm trying to get it out to people is because I think it works as a conversation starter. Yeah. And when I tell, told people I wanted to write a conversation starting book about death and dying, they're like, good luck with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and, and that response is even more so why it, why it's necessary and, and why that um, there's never going to be too many um conversation starters right there's you know there's never there's never going to be too many people you know getting involved to help prevent suicide or to increase awareness about taking care of your mental health or uh conversation starters about um dying and the death and grieving process there's we're not going to be able to exhaust that so um because everybody has their own perspective Right. And and so it, it's important to be able to share those. So, well,
1: yeah, Sherry, be thank
0: curious, you. I'm
1: curious ahead. about them. Yes. Exactly. About those different perspectives. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that because you use that word, uh, you know, a lot, and I think that allows, it, it, it invites people in, instead of it having to be, if if to get, you know, to get here, you have to only do it this way, okay. then then that becomes limiting and then that somehow makes you know somebody you know or something and then right that, or
1: wrong it, or yeah and in, bad versus just be
0: yeah and so it's I, what I appreciate about the inclusiveness so it includes anybody can be invited to this story
1: yes absolutely oh that's a great way to say it thank you so
0: well, Sherry, I, I appreciate so much our conversation and the work that you have already done and continued to have the passion of of of, of bring the story to people, you know, and and allowing it to be okay. Um, it, that it's not a bad thing to read this book. Uh, it's not a bad thing to re read this story. Um, it is, as they would say, that we're not going to get through this life without experiencing death um, or dying. Um, that's just not how it works. Um, the more that we can have tools about having conversations about it, I think the more that we can be um, feel stronger and have a healthier um, outlook and perspective with it. Sure. what's the, what is the best way if anyone either wants to get a copy of Heaven's Bow or, or get in contact with you, what are, what are a couple of ways for people to do that?
1: Sure. So you can go to heaven's bell, www.heavensbell.com. And my information is on there. You can purchase the book from there as well, or you can go directly to Amazon and um, just type in heaven's bell or heaven's bell or ring to remember. And it, it comes up as a set as well, but you can read the reviews and look at it and see if it's something that might work for you or someone that you love.
0: Perfect. Well, Sherry, once again, thank you for being with us. Thank you for coming back on the journey and sharing, uh, sharing your story about it and your, uh, your process as, as you have uh, uh, over the last two plus years been uh, involved with specifically getting this story out. So I definitely appreciate the work. And again, appreciate you uh, coming on and, and spending some time with us today.
1: Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for your work and your support. And I hope to continue to um, support you and your efforts, because I really do believe you're making a, a big difference. So thank you.
0: Thank you. As always, um, if you have the opportunity um, to be thinking of someone while uh, Sherry and I were talking about Heaven's Bell and you think they may benefit from listening, um, please uh, uh, share this episode, Um, let people know about the episode, let people know about uh, Heaven's Bell and how they could contact um, either Sherry or get their own copy of it. As always, I appreciate you being here and look forward to being with you next week.